With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Tuesday's Terrace Podcast, the only podcast running a bandwagon all the way to Hamden to see Hearts complete their incredible treble in the 2018-19 season. I'm Graham Thulis and I'm joined by two men today who are also in trophy winning form. First of all, I've got Stone Cold Andy Harrow. Hello. And a man just back from exploring lovely Latvia, I've got Craig Anderson. I would say I won Latvian, but I never learned that one. That seems entirely fair. I knew thank you, and that was it. <laughs> I always, uh, my hello has always sound exactly the same, and I'm always keeping it in change because it sounds like I'm kind of confused that I'm here. Like, hello? <laughs> yeah. Hello? Yeah. In any case, um, sorry, sorry we missed the show yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Robert Borthwick is just too busy to attend. Yeah, he's got a lot on his plate at the moment. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy man. Uh, so, as we're now doing Monday's podcast on Tuesday, uh, we will be running through the weekend's action. So, we'll get kicking off with uh, Hibs 3, Kilmarnock 2, uh, which are goals from Malin. Uh, Eamon Brophy, David Gray, Greg Stewart, Florian Camberry, and uh, Stefan Clark. Can I be happy with that one, Craig? I think uh, Steve Clark Clark Hope will be <laughs> fuming. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really, I think, another, it seems to be every time these two teams come together now, it's a really thrilling game. You can go back to Clark's first home game in charge <laughs> where Hibs came to Rugby Park and won 3 1, despite Kelly more or less dominating the entire game and getting applauded off the pitch. Um, <laughs> then we had the uh, um, oh, in fact it was a crap game at New Year but for, we'll forget about that yeah. one and then back at Rugby Park Kelly came from 2-0 down then there was a 5-3 nonsense yeah. there and then again Easter Road Kelly come from 2-0 down yet yeah, again a team that really don't know when they're beaten yeah. but, but they were beaten because you can see because <laughs> you do a like penalty but no I mean I think Kelly have had a, a fairly tough start to the season played already um, 
Hearts, runaway leaders Hearts, uh, second joint second place Livingston and uh, Ab- Aberdeen <laughs> and Berlin. Um, and third, so mediocre start in terms of points, but hopefully some easier games coming up. Performances have all been, all, yeah. all been pretty reasonable. Uh, we saw a cracking free kick from Stephen Mallon, which Again, he's now scored seven goals for Hibs, yeah. all of which were scored from outside the box. Mm. So that seems like a useful, useful talent yeah. for Hibs to have. Um, a bullet header from David Gray, yeah. which was—I mean, it's just as well the keeper's hand wasn't in the way. And it's <laughs> I, to clean up. I, I, I had um, issues with the marking for that goal in the sense that it looked like it was Findlay and. I'm trying to remember now who it was because I didn't, didn't write notes as I said before. Here. It was <laughs> Findlay and. Um, Oh, I see O'Donnell. I think it was Finlay and O'Donnell. The two of them seemed to be both together, marking two Hibs players together. And then both the Hibs players made the darts, and O'Donnell and Finlay, I think, got confused about who was picking up who. And Gray just got ahead of both of them as a result, and they both kind of were turning and looking at each other as if to see yeah. where that come from. But there was even shades of Hamden from that, that goal from Gray. It was such a, a powered header. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kelly, again, as we said, there's been several games under Steve Clark that have come. Mm from behind and they did it again and, and Greg Stewart it's just he just looks on a different yeah. level from last season he's um, I mean it's a tremendous goal but he was also involved in the first one as well and I think that's where Kelly were kind of missing earlier in the season was having somebody that can drop a wee bit deeper and create things um, a bit higher up the pitch because that just wasn't they were lacking that kind of creative player and I know Stewart's playing up front alongside Brophy but he is capable of coming back a wee bit deeper uh, and it was you know the fact that Clark they always had they played well together last week or a couple of weeks ago and it's um, good that Clark's kind of kept with them and it's interesting I mean they've, they've got Boyd on the bench which is a they've now got three decent people they can rotate between for the rest yeah. of the season which is pretty positive and it's as well as that chucking in the fact that I mean I said a few weeks ago when you look at Kelly team you just presume that Chris Boyd can be playing centre half or playing centre forward sorry Um but he's, he's no longer there. You don't even really notice. Mm. I think the fact that Erwin went out as well. I mean, it's not Erwin wasn't exactly a key player for Kelly last season, but he looked very much like he was coming onto a game. So for Kelly to continue to sort of not even be skipping a beat with that, and as you say, with Stuart replacing Erwin with something closer to what they actually need. Uh, while Stuart was great for both of them, I'd just like to highlight once again Stephen Whitaker, <laughs> um, who got absolutely nowhere near Stuart for the easiest turning of a player in history for the first goal. Mm. Um, as he played in Brophy and then again just got absolutely nowhere near Stuart for the second one as well Hibs have to be hoping that um, Milligan's going to be fit and ready to play sometime soon because every time Whitaker's costing them a goal almost every game at this point it's like Whitaker is a very weird player because he always like he's he's had an excellent career the amount of Scotland caps he's had he's played in European final he had that goal against Sporting Lisbon which was (laughs) <laughs> completely completely <laughs> kind of different to the incongruous with the entire career of that player one of, one of my favourite ever European goals as from the moment he got the ball to the moment he put it into the net he wanted to give it to somebody else <laughs> just running the length of the park and wanting absolutely nothing to do with it I was like they were all like well, I think they were one up at the time yeah. so like, no we don't we don't need to score here Stephen <laughs> and he used to say okay I'll keep going um, but yeah, he's just he is just a liability for them but yeah. I mean he's not the only one in that hip team no. Bogdan I mean the sooner they get Marciano back in that team yeah. the better because Bogdan is just he, he genuinely plays like a goalkeeper with no hands at times like <laughs> the, the, the header from Brophy as good as it was was basically 
been through them. Yep. Um, and, and I mean, they are kicking all chances. Stuart's cool, but he's just, just he's pulled off some good saves. I think he, he more or less won them the game out in, um, in Tripolis against yeah. Asteras, but more or less he's, he's been poor. Yeah, I wonder if once Camberry and McLaren are both fit again, they move to a four-four-two. That maybe suits them a bit better in terms of you can play. Since they'll play Boyle uh, and Horgan, you can play them out wide. You've obviously got McLaren and Camberry up front, and then if uh, Milligan's fit. At the moment, I think you'd worry about a four-four-two because of the fact that the guys they've got in there aren't that interested in defending. Yeah. And Whitaker's obviously a dead loss. He's the kind of guy that they'll ask to plaster put on that. But if they've got um, Milligan in there, who's a kind of a bit more of a sturdy, defensive-minded midfielder, then that maybe mitigates that, and you can play that four-four-two. So I wonder if you kind of think they've got to play certainly Camberry and um, McLaren when they're both fit. And it'll be interesting to see how he mixes the yeah. team up to, to something. I was going to ask that as well. It, it, it seems a bit um, daft to be to be questioning Hibs and what they're doing at the moment. Um, but again, just as you say, not even just in midfield, but even in defence as well. Like, what's what is Hibs' best set up there? Because at the moment, it's, it's it's not particularly working for them, and it's fine because they can outscore it. But eventually, they're going to come up against a team like Hearts for example they're going to defend an awful lot more stoutly and they're not going to be able to outscore somebody which is that's the games that matter particularly um, so again defensively as well I mean whether it's you, do, you look at it and think oh, you, you have to have Hanlon in there um, but then again you also maybe have to have McGregor in there but then Ambrose is such a great performer for them as well so you have to have him in yeah. there as well so at some point somebody's going to have to drop out yeah. alternatively you're going to have to push Ambrose out to the right and drop Gray who's obviously your captain and as a 7 out of 10 performer every week do you drop Stevenson on the left and, and push Hanlon out there as well because he offers I mean Paul Hanlon can play as a winger apparently anyway so it's fine um, so do you play him at left back and then you get a more sort of stout defence there because you want to have him in there it's, there's just so many it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm wary of saying it's a nice problem to have because they keep conceding goals and the nicest problem to have is having no problems mm. um, but yeah it just seems a bit of a, an odd mix at the moment the, yeah the problem that yeah, Lennon will maybe come up with is kind of the inverse to what's happening with Levine in terms of the hearts have got pretty much a settled kind of 11, 12, 13 guys and they all know where they're going to be playing whereas Lennon once everyone's fit assuming everyone gets fit is going to have so many different options like you say that you're you're always tempted to change it around and give people minutes on the pitch and switch it for cup games and stuff and actually maybe what you need is just to this is how we're going to play these are my first 11 and unless we go on a terrible run this is what we're just pretty much going to stick with to yeah. as well. um, on to the, the winning goal which is obviously is, is Cam Berry the, with a penalty a few hips fans are criticising Cam Berry saying that he'd had a bit of a duff game to be honest but again he's, he's, been in, he's, yeah. not, he's not been fit he's first game back and he's still getting a goal so you can't Again, difficult to criticise on it. Um, do we think there's any argument against it being a penalty? I thought it was a penalty. Yeah. It was, or at least I was comfortable enough with the decision. Like watching it first time, it, it looks like a, I think a, a fairly obvious foul. When when they show it and you see like McLaren um, being a bit cute with where he puts his leg and stuff like that, then you can kind of see an argument from not giving it. But actually, I, I thought. The decision was fine. I didn't really have any on, on that as well. I just, I just thought Broadfoot had no idea of what he was. No. And again, if you have no idea for somebody is in the box and you're swinging like yeah, yeah. 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 I, it certainly wasn't as much a penalty as the one that uh, Kelly didn't get down the other end. Though yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it showed on the footage, like you said, Craig, that McLaren does kind of put his foot in. It almost kicks him in a sense. But essentially, so, as a striker, all you need to do yeah, at that point is contact. get your body yeah, in yeah, between yeah, the play yeah. on the ball, which he did. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind that as a penalty. No. But yeah, as you mentioned, the one 
Kelly certainly should have had and it was Broadfoot again at the other end I mean Ambrose boots him in the leg it's yeah. like mm-hmm. there's, there's no and, and I, I'm very it, it confused me more because the ref was kind of looking right at it it wasn't a case of it's through bodies or, yeah. or anything and he obviously probably was following the ball and just missed it to be honest so yeah I mean they did say they mentioned that in uh, sports scene last night, but the, or a couple of nights ago now. But the fact that Broadfoot kind of goes down holding his face—I mean, that can put a referee off, I guess. The fact that he's been kind of dishonest about it, maybe just he's not confident enough that the referee yeah. is going to give it. So it's a bit of a chicken and an egg situation with it. But if the ref's given one already, yeah, yeah. All, in very yeah. similar circumstances, yeah. that, usually they'll be more likely to go already. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was odd to me, but. Okay. At the end of the day, the thing the thing with this is like you can get annoyed by these decisions, but the the, the cliche that they even out is a bit a bit much. But yeah. at some point, even the last three weeks, Kelly have lost out in two games in one and one of yeah. questionable decisions, and it's not what you want. But it'll probably all end up fine. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from there, we'll move on to the champions elect um, who travelled to First Park on Saturday and collected a one nothing victory. Um, for the, for the, but just to, just to just to jump straight into this, uh, my favourite comment on this has been the suggestion that it was a, I think it was Al B on Pi Bovril who was suggesting that had the the fifty fifty ball between Uchi and Carson been between Uchi and Kipre if he was still there, essentially it would all be irrelevant because we'd all be living in a black hole. Okay. Um, which, was, which I really enjoyed as an idea, just the two of them coming together in a fifty fifty and see what happens as, as the stadium just you know the bit of the Simpsons where the house just disappears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah essentially that. <laughs> I was thinking if uh, if Uchi has that with Carson, but with Xander Clark, that would be a <laughs> that would be a similar like. Uh... Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's uh, is it a perfectly good performance from Hearts? Well, you you win, yeah. you keep a clean sheet, and you rile people. Then that's kind of <laughs> the, the the trifecta of an away performance, isn't it? Yes, um, for Motherwell, it was. I thoroughly enjoyed the game uh, more than anything else. It was two teams who were more than willing to go at it for the for the period of ninety minutes. Um, on the goal, I thought it was I thought it was a fifty fifty challenge. Carson comes off worse broadly. It's down to McHugh underhitting a back pass, mm-hmm. um, which is the real. I mean, he must be delighted, and that there's been a whole this trash whether it was um, whether it was a foul or on McHugh underhitting a back pass, and you could see it coming as well. You could see it from where we sit in the main stand. You could see exactly what was going to happen. And it's for Motherwell just now. It's just a case of fine margins more than anything else. And I know it's a daft argument because they've happened and you can't take it back. But if you look at this game, uh, the Rangers game, the Aki's game, three games which could quite easily have gone the other way. Um, Motherwell could have taken a point against Hearts. Could have taken all three if they'd scored with some of their other chances. Uh, the Rangers game, if they hadn't, if Carlson hadn't had lettuce wrists and hadn't had a five-minute spell where they forgot how to defend. The Aki's game, if they put away any of the 400 half chances that they had instead of Aki's pinging one in from the edge of the box. Motherwell take nine points, or well, take five points, eight points, six points, nine, whatever else. Eight points would be hard. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, all right, Matt. Um, so, <laughs> so we're up to... And, and then you stick those points on Motherwell's total and then they sit in, they're sitting in second place and it's it's just really fine margins for, for Motherwell at the moment. They're just that wee bit not quite there. Um, and Saturday was, was more yeah. the same, really. So a bit of a worry about their lack of creativity at the moment or I know we, we mentioned about Maine being yeah. a bit off form just now but more from the midfield side of things is there a bit but Cadden was taken off uh, after about an hour for yeah. about a second time in a, a row so is that something that's a bit of a concern? It seems to be the way which, in which things are going and the, the games are quite tight so you take off Cadden and 
switch Tate over to right wing back and putting Freer on the left. And again, Freer, I've found it very difficult to say. I, I don't think you can hang your hat on Freer. I don't think he's got the consistency. Um, and every time he comes on, you can essentially tell what sort of a game he's going to have with the first touch he has. Um, so if he beats a man the first time, then he'll spend the next half an hour taking four corners and he'll be fine. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll be terrified to run the ball. And it was a little bit more of it. He has been better recently, but it's a little bit like that again on Saturday. Um, I think Motherwell are putting a lot of stock on Craig Tanner being back. Um, I think that's that will essentially be um, the, the turning point in our season if there's going to be one, which he reckons about Christmas, I think, for that. And again, in the meantime, Motherwell will be fine. They'll win games, they'll lose games, they'll draw. Like, they'll be absolutely fine. They'll um, beat teams that they should beat and lose to teams that are slightly better than there. And again, Hearts are dead good. Like, yeah, I get yeah, yeah. They're, they're, there's very little about Hearts, which is particularly flashy, but every every player on the pitch knows exactly what their role is. And that's, that's I mean, Nate Smith spends the game running about telling people where they're meant mm. to be and what they're meant to do because he's a pain in the arse. Uchi just runs about hitting things, whatever it is. Uh, Mitchell terrifies folk down the left-hand side because they've finally found a role where he doesn't have to defend, which is, is perfect for him. Um, Herring just strolling around the midfield, taking the ball off people. And even, even guys like Callum Morrison, who he didn't have a huge bearing on the game, but he stopped Tate from playing for the for pretty much the entire game. He got stopped um, Tate and Cadden from playing just by running alongside them for the game. And he just completely played them out of the game just through his sheer effort from it. Um, so, I mean, Hearts have done all this with, they've got, as you say, a fairly settled team. They've got their 11. And then you're adding the guy Claire, who Hearts seem very excited about. Uh, Dicamona, uh, Bozanic came off the bench, looks fine. McLean's there, Whiten's there, Garuccio's there, and all this is without Christoph Berra. Mm. Um, and I'm well aware that this is setting ourselves up for it. I, I, I realise we're making jokes about Hearts having a title challenge, but at the moment, I don't see any reason why not. Well, the thing is, I think they've got the perfect storm this season, where they have Rangers and Celtic, well, apart from both focus so much on each other, yeah, mm-hmm. ignoring everything else, but also both in the Europa League, both playing you know, Sunday, Sunday Thursday yeah. and Sunday all the time. Will drop points, both of them will drop points. They might go on beyond Christmas. Both of them have got a chance in the mm. groups they're in. And you've got four or five other teams who are well capable of taking points off both of them. If you look at Kelly, I am Aberdeen. Yep. Hibs. Uh, <laughs> uh, are, all, are all more than well in it. And you're now looking at even Levy and St Johnston, who have been better than expected, who will think the same. Well, they've already taken points yeah, off Rangers this um, season as well. And plus, Hearts are going to get, as every team is, 12 free points off Dundee, which is more than nine. And the, the, the fact with Hearts is that that base, that, the fact that they're so solid defensively, I mean, you can you can get away with winning 1-0 for quite a long time yeah. if you've got a very solid defence. Uh, uh, a few weeks ago, the, the day that Berra got injured, and saying that was kind of the point Suter needed to step up now, he'd had a, a number of months to get used to playing alongside Berra and be in the shadow of him and that he needed to step up effectively once Berra went out and he's you know, he's absolutely done it. Yeah. And the fact that they've also signed Dunn, who seems to have just strolled into it as well, you know, he's he's got into the shape comfortably, he seems to have got a relationship with Suter already. And if if Hearts can you know, they'll Berra'll come back as well at some point. So if Hearts can maintain a kind of pretty solid defence then there's no reason to suggest that they can't. Their the, the, the issues are always going forward. Naismith's on a kind of rich vein of form just yeah. now. 
I think there's still question marks over Uchi for actually scoring goals over the course of the season. Like he can run about a lot, and and you know that's definitely an effective thing. As long as you've got somebody else yeah, like Nate Smith yeah. who's, who's capable of putting the ball in the back of the net, but you know they definitely there's definitely a basis there. You know, they're, they're, uh, if you look at even either Celtic or Rangers defensively. You know, Hearts are the best team in the league just now defensively and if they can keep that going then they stand a chance as well as that I mean Hearts are going to come up against Rangers um, on a Sunday afternoon after Rangers have been in Europe yeah. I don't know whether they'll be away I can't remember I meant to check whether they're going to be away so again Rangers come off come off a European trip and then come up against the Hearts team who are right up in the bases like if we beat you then that puts us 8 points, 10 points, 12 points clear of you at this area. It is a very early stage in the season. But I always think it's that kind of, it's like, and I'm not for one saying the Hearts are going to win the league, but there's that psychological barrier of getting more than 3 points clear, getting to that point where you can have an awful week, you can get yeah. 10-0 and you're still top of the league. It does make mm. a difference. But the one thing with Hearts is that um, a couple of years ago, they, they didn't have as much focus on them because Aberdeen also won, in fact, won their first 8 games, but mm. Hearts won their first 5 games went to Hamilton the wheels came off and they lost their next three that's more than capable of happening but the more games they just keep winning and the more Celtic Rangers uh, anyone else are just dropping me points here and there you just start to go why not but actually you mentioned Aberdeen I was going to say same. they lost in five in a row I think after that run yeah. so so when the wheels come off for the, the a surprise team that's leading they seem to come off Fully, you know, they don't, they're not hanging off, they just totally collapse. So, both, both those teams, I'd say, though, were fairly limited in the options they yes. have to change. And I like yes. saying, Hearts just have so many different bodies. And I know I, I, we keep coming back to the fact that we were all made, well, I mean, essentially, we've, we've all been made to look like absolute mugs after the, the season preview where we sort of looked at them and went, ah, I don't know. Mm. Um, but each of those players are all very different players. And you kind of, everything seems to point to the fact that Hearts aren't even playing the, the way that they want to play. The old system seems to have been. Suggesting that they'll be playing the way which Motherwell play with sort of a back three, and they have been doing that with Michael Smith, but then picking up the Kimono, who they again seem quite keen on. If they go back, if they go to the, the stronger system that they know and the system that they, they intended to play, and that's what they've recruited guys like McLean and Whiting for and to play it as well. Polish boy coming in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that it was fair enough though pre season, to be honest, because yeah. you know, when we were talking about it. Um, Jake Mulraney was a, a starter I mean that's how many people they've brought in since the kind of very early stages of the season in the uh, League Cup they looked pretty ropey for large parts of it and, and their squad looked thin but what they've done is they've addressed it yeah. oh, with all yeah. that we've not even mentioned Cochrane and McDonald who are yeah. no, yeah. really young yeah. players who came in the team and looked fine last season yeah. so the depth is, is incredible and they, and they do offer it yeah I mean Definitely at the moment looks like one of the best squads outside the old firm has been in a while. Yep. I think we've given Hearts more than enough praise there. Yeah, for um, the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to the, the next uh, Premiership contenders. Uh, as Livingston defeated Ackies at the, 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 the Livy Swamp uh, with a, an absolutely stunning goal from, from Stephen Wallace. Yeah, it was just... Uh, Livy... I, we, when we were talking you know, on, on our WhatsApp over the summer as they got promoted and then Hopkins left and then a bunch of the players left and then they started signing guys like Cameron Blues who couldn't get <laughs> in for Falkirk and you're thinking and we, I think a few of us kind of suggested that they might do a breaking and literally not win mm-hmm. a game but then well, it's become apparent that they literally does not matter who the manager is there because well the manager's not running the show apart from anything but also 
it's like one of those teams where you just remove any player and put somebody else in and it doesn't seem to matter. Mm. Like you could just you just start like you could probably lift somebody out at league two and put them in the middle of the midfield there and it just seem, it just seems mad. So yeah. Livia currently joint second, two goals behind a goal behind Celtic, five points behind Hearts, two ahead of two ahead of Rangers, they've sacked their manager or they've they, they mutually terminated their manager. <laughs> they've only just got their main goal scorer back fitting Ryan Hardy. They've been missing what you'd imagine are key parts of the midfield and Sybil and DeVita. Are they actually... Can we, like, at which point do we start to look at them and go, are Livy actually... <laughs> no, no, Are Livy actually okay? Like, are they quite good? I think it's it's just it's the shape that they have. I mean, they've got, as you say, better players still mm, to come in. Yeah. But the three centre-halves are so good. Yeah. I mean, they're all units, which helps, but they can play a bit... Keeper is fine. Yeah. Um, Burn in the midfield looks like a revelation mm-hmm. for a guy who, you know, his career was going nowhere. And I think what it shows is how much football is based on confidence. Okay, yes, you can be good players, but if you have a good manager and a good system, you look at Kelly last season, very similar players who wasn't nowhere. Was, yeah. Yeah. Nothing changed apart from a manager came in, played in a different way. The players started to get confidence in the confident, and that's when you see. Stephen O'Donnell literally turning into yeah, like yeah. Danny Alves like literally turning into <laughs> Danny Alves so maybe Sean Byrne is actually going to be playing for Scotland yeah, this actually, actually so <laughs> guy. But, uh, yeah no I think you're right I mean people like uh, Scott Robinson they look like their careers were kind of on the way down they were kind of championship I mean, and it was and it but he obviously had a level of talent and it's it, it's to do with managers being able to bring that out of people and you know you get to points with some players where they're just gone and I think Stephen Whitaker is a prime example of somebody who's gone it doesn't matter who they get in I think they could get in Guardiola and I think it would make no difference I think they still ship three or four they goals a week but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you're still at a certain level and your legs are still there then if you've got a very good manager it can make a big difference I mean as you say you've obviously seen it with Steve Clark how big a difference that makes and Gary Holt's got them just doing what they know that they're able to do like every single press conference after the game it's like we we need to still remember that we're living soon Mm -hmm. and and like we need to remember we can't take it easy we have to battle every game and all that and that's exactly what we wanted Talk, talk uh, I would love my team to play like that. Yeah. I, really, I mean, they kind of do a bit, but it's like it's such good football to watch. Even though it's shit housing, it's yeah. it's fun. And I, I like you saying sort of battling and they talk to the centre halves. I, I I keep meaning to look back and I haven't yet. But I get the, like every time I see a Livy goal, at some point either Lithgow, Gallagher, or Halkett has been involved. In yeah. it. Like every everything, wherever it is in the park, seems to be absolutely surround the three of them. Um, and like you say, it's just it's. Playing to instead of you've got a manager. I, I think I said before, it was, my concern with Miller was that he seemed to have an idea that he was going to play in a particular way, as opposed to going, "This is what all these guys are good at." So let's pick all the things that they're good at and then fit around that system. And I, again, I don't know, but somebody else might be able to correct me on it as well. But it seems to very much that it's very similar to what Hopkins was doing. I just stick to that. It's a, it's a winning formula. So you know, yeah, almost as though neither Holt nor Hopkins <laughs> are picking the team. Um, <laughs> But, but, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Craig, what I was going to say was uh, just on that note about uh, Holt and, um, and Miller previously that there's you have to take your personality almost out of it and there's a, a humility there that you have to do as a manager I think to kind of say 
you know, I think Miller did come in and go, this is how I'd quite like to play football and this is how I'm going to try it. And well, it wasn't a complete disaster. It didn't suit the team as well as this currently does. But to do that, you have to take a bit of your own self out of it and not be seen as the big, you know, the big man. Yeah, and, 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 you know, when you hear Holt in interviews and stuff afterwards... He sounds like that as well. He's very kind of humble about it. He's it's not. A type, it's a type of know. player. He wasn't yeah, a team yeah. player. He wasn't. He wasn't caring about um, you know what he looked like. He was playing. I mean, he, he had a good career. He yeah. went to yeah. Premier League. He played for Scotland. But you look at um, the, yeah. The one thing that that strikes me about Livy is like they've got that route one thing so you saw the chance to, a few minutes in when literally Kelly punted it all the way down the park and scored Robin's here they were our favourite goal ever but even when, even on the end of that and it's the difference between a good route one team and a bad route one team is when they're getting the flight downs they've got quality there like mm-hmm. you saw the goal from Lawless yeah. in some ways they remind me a lot of um, Sam Allardyce's Bolton team that flew up the table they were they were written off as a route one team, but they had like Stelios, El, El Hadj Juice, they had um Just put the balls in the court, yeah, 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 really yeah, good yeah, players, yeah. 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 And and that's what what makes a good team. Uh, good teams the bad teams uh, Aki's looked absolutely terrible yeah, yeah. They, I'm actually and we say this if you're I'm actually <laughs> worried about them and there's two really shit teams as well in the league with, with them but they just they just seem to have been missing something at the moment they don't even you know maybe it's age with uh, like Emery and McKinnon have been the kind of heartbeat of the team and and they obviously have lost Crawford, Doherty these quality players yeah. and they're hard to replace when you're on Aki's budget but there is something about it in, in Cannon I don't know seem, something seems a bit defeated as mm-hmm. well which I mean it's fair enough the guy's grafting away putting it might, yeah, it's, got, it's got to be hard work to be more yeah. Cannon right? but, mm-hmm. but they've, 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 they've look at the start they'd 60% of possession of the game and had two shots not, neither of which were on target it's not a it's not a ringing endorsement yeah. for it no no they seem a bit flat and they had, they had three new guys in so Kilgallen Martin and like Matthew, Matthew Cogallon of like championship yeah, yeah, yeah. Like football managers championship managers all 102 fame it's unreal and I mean on first evidence they signed, they've signed a very Hamilton type striker as well Bristol had a man who doesn't seem to be able to score goals or have any threat up front so yeah I, I, yeah, I wonder about that with Cannon as well actually the fact that I wonder if you can you can just get so far uh, and then after a point the guys that have been there for a long time kind of yeah. stop responding it just, just starts start. getting hard like yeah, yeah. losing like you just lose so many games yeah. at some point you need to look at it and go like do you know what I just I don't want to keep losing games yeah. I'd like to manage a team where I may win sometimes yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but you look like if an attractive championship job comes up something like the modern ones they're just now unless I've missed something um, you want to Hansen you want to about a week ago didn't you yeah. the modern, modern one's not there um, but, and that might uh, actually change for the feature that we're going to do at another <laughs> point um, now, now that I remember he's there um, but, but, but the yeah, point the point yeah, is yeah, when yeah. a big, uh, big uh, championship job comes up there must be a temptation there even though you're dropping down a division to go yeah. look mm-hmm. I've got a chance to actually go and win some games but he's never done them he's, he yeah. took over Hamilton in the Premiership where he's, his job has always been to finish 10th and that must be demoralising yeah, yeah, I think it was I think it is for fans and players and people you know around the club yeah. it's not you know as a fan it's not fun finishing struggling every single yeah. season sometimes like if you know you're not going to slip through the trapdoor again when the, you go to the <laughs> next <laughs> level yeah <laughs> <laughs> then then you can maybe think actually you know what this is maybe not the worst Thing if you if you think you've got a bit of confidence that you might bounce back again, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just becomes very dull. And I think the Hamilton team is just 
incredibly dull just now. There's just really nothing interesting about them. So moving on from nothing interesting to moving on to nothing at all. <laughs> uh, the dog keeps barking, but Dundee's tactical tumbola <laughs> rolls on. Uh, Dund- Rangers four, Dundee nil. <laughs> oh, I've just written uh, after I talked about last week about uh, thinking about him in the shower. All I wrote this week was Kusunga in big capital letters. <laughs> that, that is ah, fourth goal. That is, uh, I mean, really, I understand that it's like the it's, you're, you're in the last ten minutes of the game. You've all, you've made it through all the second half and you've not conceded, which I suppose you can take a, a, a sort of gentle positive from it. Um, and then chesting the ball down so that uh, Glenn Middleton can fire it in is, is, is quite something. It's just, I don't know how. I, I I don't know how. I don't think McCann's a, a particularly good manager. I don't know how you get by with players as bad as they have in some positions. I mean, Darren O'Day also is horrible. Darren O'Day days. coming He's, in from the cold. Presumably nothing yeah. to do with the fact that they were playing at Ibrox. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I want, maybe they were hoping like uh, that he was going to get sectarian abuse and then he was going to walk off and they were going to try and get awarded <laughs> the game. It seems like the only. Uh... I, I mean, as far as as far as I could tell, I mean, throughout the defence, they were poor. Curran got hammered re- repeatedly. Uh, down the flank um, they seem to let Rangers run at their defence at will there seemed to be no sort of defensive midfielder there at all they created about two or three there was one good chance um, that Ingotala had and then he took a terrible touch and I mean he barely got the shot in they brought in Andy Boyle in didn't they at the start for this game which is the new yeah. signing and I think it's maybe hard to judge yeah. given he's around that disaster Andy's and away been, Rangers, he's been there for about 10 minutes but, yeah, but God, he's going to have to be good. Yeah, Gary, Gary was Gary sent me through a, a lengthy series of notes here with I think it's about twelve bullet points. <laughs> um, but he was saying that the the centre forward Chalman, 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 um continues to look like a guy that if he was playing in a team that was half decent would actually be a pretty mm. good player. Um, seems really capable of holding the ball up and, and, and playing a little bit. Essentially, sort of like a, a smart version of of Sophie and Musa, which. I mean, why would you, why would you, need, you need that? I don't really know. You've already got Sophie and Musa as well. And that uh, Calvin Miller had a decent game for them as well, playing at sort of left wing back. But if you, get him for, if you play a left back and then let him play further forward, I thought in the, the highlights from the Motherwell game the other week as well, I thought he looked like a really positive outlook for Dundee, which, to be honest, they don't have a great number of uh, at the moment. So, yeah, not, not great. For Dundee, mm-hmm. yeah, well, the, the one thing that struck me was I think it was the the first goal. I took a screenshot of it, and I don't know if you ever play on, on Football Manager if you were trying to lose a game, yes. and you played um, the formation of having your goalkeeper and then like five on each wing, and no, nobody in the <laughs> middle of the pitch. Uh, so that was that was a common one for me. So you'd have you know a right back, a right wing back, right, and then and all the way on up. the left, yeah. all the way up the wing, and nothing down the middle, and just your goalie, and. Dundee for the first goal looked exactly like that. The ball was coming into the box, yep. and there was about four Rangers players. There. there was, there was, I think I counted eight Dundee players in the box, and it was genuinely four on each side of the box. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, Rangers players just standing there to score. Um, I think Hamilton had adopted that same formation for that goal kick that Livingston had. Yeah, so Dundee uh, have won six, drawn five, and lost fourteen of their twenty-five home games against top flight teams in the Premiership, 23 in the league, 2 in the Cup. In these 25 games, they've scored 20 and conceded 40, um, and losing their opening five games means that this is Dundee's worst start to a league season since 1928-29, losing to Hibs would equal it. Oof. Um, and losing to Aki's week after would make it their worst starting run ever. Well, I don't have much faith in McCann turning it around. 
I would probably agree with that. Yes, I yeah. think he may struggle to turn that right, that that, that Dundee team around. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I think exactly the same. But they seem to have some sort of faith in him. The, I don't know why exactly, but they seem to be sticking by him. There hasn't even really been that much noise coming out that, that he's under pressure, particularly given the start they've had and the fact they weren't that impressive last season. I wondered whether they were just holding off until after the Hibs game and then they were going to punt him on the basis that bringing in a new manager to take over yeah, for the Rangers game and the Hibs game puts them off to a losing start mm. straight off the bat. Yeah, possibly. Um, get, get, gain anything from that. Uh, and However... Uh, we should very much highlight that Rangers absolutely bodied them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Barley, mm-hmm. uh back in from Rangers, Kent with a, a good goal, Tavernier a penalty. But yeah, Koulibaly, I thought looked magic. He's um, a good player. Yeah. It's just that uh, some, some of these guys, when you bring them in and we talk in pieces and you don't know anything about them, but you watch that. I watched that guy once and I was like, you know, yeah, he, yeah he's, 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 he's a Sometimes you can watch a player yeah. and be like, right, okay, yeah, but he's got it. Um, they'll, they'll do that to seems much better than Dundee at Ibrox this season I think yeah. um, away from home is going to be their issue because they just don't seem to have got it right yeah, in domestic football at mm-hmm. least um, and yeah they, they just look like they've got so many and we've talked about this before there's so many attacking options their defence seems to have improved a wee bit at least at least in kind of these kind of games they've obviously got a much better goalkeeper um, they're generally less comical yeah, at the back yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's been no there's been, oh, there's been very few moments where you've looked at it and gone what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's kind of yeah we're now looking around for other bantereers to start yeah. essentially because yeah. this one this one appears to to be kind of coming to coming, a close. It's, it's not it's not the it's not the it's not the beginning and the end, but it's the the end, end of the beginning. beginning. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which is a real shame for us all. But yeah, yeah. Um, Rangers were throughout the game just looked absolutely dominant um, and rightfully so we saw Glenn Middleton's first goal as well as we said I mean he couldn't particularly yeah. miss it, um, but again for. Um, going forward, that's probably a positive yeah. form. And, and Andy Haldy has had an okay game as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems to. I think, I think there's a a level of game, and I think Dundee at home is probably the type of game where you use them. So if you've got a European game midweek and you've got a relatively easy fixture in the the league, you play Halliday and rest maybe a couple of other guys in the middle. So. Uh, I think that's how you use him, and, and you know what? That's fine if he's a squad player. That, yeah. They can do that. I think, I think that's just about everyone would, yes. rec- would recognise that at this point. That's probably fine. Yes, yeah. especially when Ryan Jack was injured on international duty, which was presumably when the Belgian boy ran right over the top <laughs> for, the, for the third goal. Um, I think it was the third goal, but um, he he would be important to get back to yeah. play Villarreal um, yeah. this week because. You wouldn't want Andy Halliday against no, Villarreal. Uh, and is uh, spending a thousand pounds to appeal Kenny Miller's red card the worst bit of business <laughs> done this season? You probably did he sign in Kenny Miller. I see you need uh, a body. Everyone uh, needs a body. Um, yeah, I mean the the appeal system in terms of how it how it's working. I, I don't. In some senses, see the the Dicker and the Devlin ones. I don't necessarily mind those not being overturned as long as you're saying. You need, you know, as as with VAR, it needs to be an obvious mm-hmm. error. And if one of you can, go, or someone can go, I can see an argument for that. Keep it. The the, the discrepancy with that was in Morelos one, which yeah. was in the same boat. None of them are red cards for me, and only one was overturned. The two from Dickon and Devlin weren't. The one from Miller is a red card. It's, mm-hmm. it's an obvious red card, which makes me think it will go overturned because there just seems to be no, <laughs> no logic to it at the <laughs> moment. Yeah. It's um, just speaking of Anthony Ewers to get in. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, compliance, uh, own, yeah. the compliance office battle. Yeah. Yeah. Probably slightly less fun, to be honest. It was just classic Kenny Miller. They just lost the ball, lunged after it because he's, I mean, he's that kind of. Yeah. 
as as his abilities have waned, he's just thought, well, all I can do is, is run a bit really hard and at, at that point, he, he's yeah, he's not looking worth anything. Um, just before we move off uh, Dundee as a, as a city and a, as, as uh, their football teams, uh, have we seen Dundee United statement today? Yeah. Yes. Any comments on I this? Did, I didn't. I, I, I came at it completely without any context. Uh, I just sort of saw it late in the day. What what was it all about? I don't. Yeah, so it, was, I, it seemed a bit John Souter, but I didn't get anything so, around. So I read. Um, I read the interview this morning. It was with, uh, with Craig Levine, and he, he said basically done. Well, the headline was Dundee United had ruined John Souter's career, right. and this was just him getting back to. He's basically as a headline. That's obviously a bit inflammatory. Mm-hmm. But what he said was. I knew him from when he was like 12 his dad had sent me a photo of him Levine and Souter when Souter was 12 recently and said oh look you know, we're still back back working together and all that and he said you know he's like such a good centre half and obviously got his Dundee United debut at 16 um, I think while Levine was still involved at the club I'm not sure if he was Scotland manager by then can't but, remember can't, there's, um, there's the crossovers yeah, there's enough maybe it wasn't but uh, <laughs> and then he said but under under Lining and Magmara he started getting shifted out, playing right back, centre mid, all these weird positions, and he, and he was lacking confidence because he's a 16 year old, mm. 17, 18 year old boy, and then he became a scapegoat as all the better players got sold. There wasn't a word to that that was anything other than factual, and so it seemed very odd for me that Dundee United, now Dundee United, in terms of the, the competition for the worst social outfit, <laughs> I mean, they are right up there. Um, but, I mean, just go back to Paul Watson. Uh, announcement yeah. video which is probably my favourite moment of the season so far but um, there's, there's a lot a lot of competition it just there's just that kind of thing about them in general everything seems to be going badly yeah yeah, uh, yeah if, that's the, if that's the context it did seem completely petty to put out there is like a kind of broader point actually I don't think Dundee United fans even were especially disappointed when Souter left I think I think it seemed like they'd run their course in terms of Dundee United weren't getting the best out of Souter and Souter wasn't getting the best out of Dundee United some, some at the time so. it's the same as any workplace um, yeah. at some point you, you, come, you come to the realisation that realistically nobody's really benefiting out of this anymore yeah. and you, it's just become it becomes very obvious in football and again that very much looks like that's how it was and Souter as we said at the Levy boys as well, it's just entirely down to them in terms of what they want out of the game and what they want out of football. He decided what he wanted out of football was to go and play seven and a half for hearts mm-hmm. and has very clearly knuckled down. And the difference, uh, we, we sort of talk, b- talked on it very briefly earlier, but the difference between him as a seven and a half, even last season, this season, is, is night and day. He looks so much braver. Um, and again, Levine was saying that he was, Suter was getting criticism for not being brave. He can't really level that in, at him no, anymore. No. He looks daft as any other centre half now. Well, you saw him absolutely bashing right through the opinion yeah. boy yeah. last week. That yeah. was the uh, yeah. That that's what you want from a Scotland centre half, and uh, he looked he looked every bit a Scotland centre mm-hmm. half, and, and actually in both games, um, even against Belgium. Um, yeah, it's just Dundee United and the fans didn't seem happy with the statement either because a lot of them are like either saying, well, no, that was fair enough. There wasn't mm-hmm. actually anything wrong with what he said. And the other half were expecting a, the club statement to be about Laszlo getting punted. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was entirely unsatisfactory all round. Anyway, speaking of entirely satisfactory all round, uh, Aberdeen, uh, Drew St Johnston. Uh, focus on Aberdeen, they're all St Johnston because they seem pretty unhappy about it. Um, with goals from David McMillan and a, a cracking goal from Niall again. So that puts David, McGill- David McMillan with two goals in two games. Uh, are Aberdeen rubbish? 
<laughs> yeah, I think we, you were, we, were, we were saying about the about the beginning of the end for Rangers. Is that right? Is that the right end way round? The end of the end beginning. End of beginning. Yeah. Um, it kind of feels like the other way around for Aberdeen a wee bit. It, this is the first season where it significantly they feel very average. Like they've really regressed to the mean. I think this year um, they were better in the second half against St Johnson, and, and certainly Gary Mackay, Stephen looked impressive in the second half when he was driving at the St Johnson defenders. But first half they were flat. Um, there's still the concerns around the strikers that they basically don't really have any. Um, or certainly none that are going to put the ball in the back of the net. And they've got one on the bench who seems to be sticking them in the net, but McInnes either doesn't trust him or yeah. doesn't think he's, he's ready, which either of which are entirely reasonable yeah. reasons for not picking some. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they, it did make a bit of a difference when they, they brought Cosgrove on and, uh, for Forrester at half time, moved to two up front, and that did make a bit of a difference. And you've kind of seen this season that Cosgrove is good at occupying defenders and freeing up. Your, your second striker or your midfielders to, to make a, an impact and he did do that to an extent which helped Aberdeen but you just you can't see them mounting that sort of challenge for second place they don't have the squad at all and they've not been very impressive in very many games this season so far the, the, the goal they conceded as well was I, can't, I was sort of really trying to decide whether I thought it was a really cracking bit of work from St Johnston in terms of their movement or whether just Aberdeen were just terrible mm. but like it's only McMillan that moves really the rest of the St Johnston players pretty much stand still McMillan makes a great run and, mm-hmm. and gets ahead of the gets across the seven half and heads it in but nobody moves not not a single person it's, they've gone they've clearly gone like going man to man on it which is fine but with going man to man it's if, if that's a zonal system and somebody's in that and just yeah. go and win that ball then they do but yeah, and it was Logan, I think, as well, which yeah. isn't the best matchup against McMillan, no. really. So, and didn't really not, he only headers the ball against Ross County. That's his bit. Um, yeah, they were really. I thought it's a really, really poor, poor goal to lose from them. It's a few games. Obviously, they beat Dundee, but everybody does that. It's uh, <laughs> the games. Even the Rangers, they, they got a point, but it was very much a paper over the cracks job. Again, it was a paper over the cracks job. It was a set piece, um, you know, out, out of not a lot. They're just being very unconvincing, and, and in previous seasons they've been unconvincing sometimes, but then they've always kind of been grinding out a lot of wins, and you know they, they they're getting the two nils and the three nils and the one nils, yeah. but this season they're not even getting those. And yeah, you, you almost just start thinking if it's, you wonder if it's a season too far for Logan for Constantine from again, and that's the heart of the the team and the midfield's not impressive. With well, Christie, who as much as he wasn't brilliant last year, is a very good player. Yeah. And McLean's gone again. Likewise, sometimes at a poor game, McKenna's out injured probably doesn't help because he just changes their mm-hmm. impetus in some ways and they're a big threat. But yeah, they're just. I'm always loath to write them off because they've been, been written off for about five years in a row. But I've, I've thought all season that they're going to start just grinding them out. But at the moment, it's, as you say, it's it's doing daft things and get yourselves a goal down mm-hmm. um, rather than. Uh, and then sort of rescuing it at the end rather than get ourselves a goal ahead and then sticking it out yeah. and, and there's maybe a, a mental element of it the fact that I don't think anyone really sees them as the second best team at the moment so maybe the you know they've gone into games in previous seasons thinking we are the better team here and we'll get it we will grind it out whereas now that's not the case you know they, they've got a bit of confidence at the European run at the start of the season but ever right. since then they've looked the performances of Burnley since they then are, kind of yeah, made that look uh, <laughs> but, but not yeah. at the time you're like yeah this is the yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, it just happens at Burnley like that. <laughs> so that leaves us with uh, one more game, uh, which is St Mirren now. We Celtic. Talk about St Joyce in a week. Right, we'll talk about St Joyce in a week. Sorry, I thought, I, thought we, I thought we'd finished there. Sorry. Um, McMillan, I think, is kind of. He's been there a while, but or a, a few months at least, like, like last season, and you didn't see much from him, and you're kind of unsure what's going to happen. And they've signed strikers in the past who've just come and gone, but yeah. he started to look the part there. Um, and, it, and I think him and him and Watt in these kind of games could be a really good partnership because Watt looks like we keep we keep waiting for him to you know, his, um, you know go downhill again, but he just does look really up for it. He really looks like he's having game. a great time. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps the, like, I know this is he keeps appearing the terrace uh, the terrace phase about just him doing nutmegs over yeah. and over again. Mm. He just looks as if he's having the time of his life playing football. And uh, there was a quote from Tommy Wright, I think, uh, was it presumably yesterday, uh, saying that he's. he's he seems uh, working with sort of younger players is, is number one is better value for the club, which yeah. of course mm-hmm. it is. Great shock yeah. there, <laughs> but I think I, I do. There always seems to be the last season. I think we talked at length about um, Tommy Wright looking as if he was just you know a bit sort of fed up. Yeah, yeah. But I think the way in which that St Johnston squad's made up the collection of young youthful players. I mean, aside from sort of Liam Craig yeah. at the moment, is a, it is a pretty young Ricky yeah. Foster. It is a, a pretty young squad there. Guys like uh, Tanzer and Kerr. Um, they, he looks like he's having more fun yeah, managing well, St Johnston again than as such that Johnston are having more fun playing football well in my job which, which I do some people know what I do and some people don't and I can say that way um, <laughs> I, I work with young people quite a lot and it's like it, it does kind yeah. of give you you know you get yeah. their energy and it's like the more older I get it's like it's nice to actually sometimes talk yeah. to people who I'm talking about mortgages and they're, they're enthusiastic yeah, 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 ahead of them rather, but yeah. And it's like, yeah, so it's um, it's very much the same thing, and, and I think you kind of seen that from the vibrancy of the team as well. They're not stodgy Jason Johnston mm. that they've been in. They're sexy Jason Johnston, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but when you talk about the older players, it's fine when those older players are guys like Fraser Wright, guys who Stephen McLean are just really good quality. But yeah. there's no point in having older players just because, yeah, because yeah, they're older yeah. players. Even somebody like Callaghan comes in and. He's all he's a that penalty was a classic Callum just sort of bursting sort of yeah. blindly uh, from the <laughs> yeah. well, it's very similar to the one he, he won for Hearts against Celtic yes, last season yes, yes, game. Yeah. but um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're a good team to watch and I'd kind of written them off as a potential top six team now, but now I'm looking at them thinking no they, mm-hmm. they I think I think there's very much nine teams in the hunt which is mm-hmm. anyone apart from St and Dundee and Hamilton Excellent, so that'll, that'll lead us lovely into St Mirren now Celtic now, um, which yeah um, my, my main feeling on it is that that's Celtic away Tom's an absolute abomination It's classic Celtic to have all their strips of green mm-hmm. as well Yeah, like, uh, get off right. my telly yeah. horrible look, it feels, like, it feels like you're watching a migraine mm-hmm. uh, their, their record isn't good in it either, can it be? It's, uh, no. yep. they, why, I don't understand why they always bring out these Fluorescent tops. What is that? Where did that come from? I, I, I know, even from the nineties, they had these yeah. horrible fucking fluorescent tops. Uh, <laughs> and they are they are atrocious. Uh, but folks still. I mean, maybe that's because folk buy because you do see them in the street all the time. So, I guess that's where it comes from. But uh, it'd be yeah, it'd be nice if they decided to have like a I don't know like a red, white, and blue away top or something. Something <laughs> something different for the change. Mix it up a wee bit. Uh, so yeah, that, um, Celtic still struggling to score goals. Um, St Mirren managing to stop goals which mm. is a kind of a turn up in, which one's the bigger turn up here it's, it's, it's Madden yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Anton Ferdinand looked like he was breathing out his arse after 40 minutes but we're still totally fine yeah, yeah. 
I, th- I thought he had retired. <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but I, I, I hadn't heard of him yeah. since he was, what, at QPR and about yeah. six years ago or something? He only finished. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's only 20. And they're talking of uh, David Cottero today, former Wales right, yeah, uh, Wigan player, who might be all right, or he might be like, mind when Dundee United signed um, Danny Ford, Cadmartery. Right. Cadmartery was all right, but yeah, Cinema yeah. Pongo was awful, mm. um, and Guy Demel and that as well. But again, it's you've brought in a new manager four weeks into the season, you're, you're left trying to sign what's left. Yeah. It's the the guys who couldn't get picked up by a club in the first month of the, or over the summer or in the first month of the season. So if, if Ferdinand turns out to be as you would, I'd, I'd stop short of saying you'd expect him to be at least be be competent. But at least he's a, a guy who knows how. Like you assume he knows how to play centre half because he played at a decent enough level for that long that he should at the very least be capable. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the areas that have been we can certainly he was also Baird who's been poor this season, but having somebody who's that experience can maybe talk him through for a wee bit. Um and it was the the most telling thing was the fact that they seem to be playing for their manager which they clearly yeah. hadn't been first ups. Yeah. The fact that, you know, they were defending from the front, they they made sure that they weren't uh, losing people they were all drifting in the def- uh, strikers were defending kind of from the halfway line and everyone was sticking to their job it was not but always yeah. none of stop signings were playing yeah. as well but I, I actually thought they were better with 11 men than they were with 10 mm. you said that as well just and, and, and from watching certainly from watching the highlights of it as well it, it certainly struck me that there were very few minute chances in the second half the, the first half it was like Celt- I mean, maybe, maybe Celtic were a bit more open but that really was it didn't seem the case to me but they were piling forward, they were getting bodies everywhere. There was so much, as you said, Andy, so much energy in the performance. And you're watching these guys and thinking, right, obviously there's something changed here. And it's the manager coming in, a bit of excitement. And also actually different players, apart from anything. Yeah. They had a couple of decent chances, but second half when Celtic went down to 10, it was, they, I was really disappointed with it. There was a lack of ambition as far as I saw it. Like they could have gone after the game. And he didn't. Going down to 10 is a funny. I mean, St. Mirren in the situation they're in, going down to 10, suddenly it feels like something. You've already got a point mm-hmm. here. You immediately have something to lose. Yeah. And again, St. Mirren aren't going to go down because they lose games to Celtic. However, points against Celtic for them remain gold dust. Mm-hmm. So you take what you, if you can get anything out of the game, you, they'd have taken a point before the game and a clean sheet before the game at any day of the week. So you get to half time, Celtic are a man down. Well, let's, let's just make sure we don't come away with nothing tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's I think that's what happens, and that's it's fine. You know, yeah. uh, they could have done a wee bit more, but at the end of the day, they got a pretty decent point. It's, I think the the concerns are obviously more for Celtic because they're still very stop start this season. Uh, Five and, points behind Hearts. Yeah, <laughs> and it is it is going forward that they're that they're stalling a bit. Uh, Edward hasn't quite clicked this season yet. Um, Griffiths is yeah, yeah. I, I suppose there is that that thing that you do remember the the big old firm games, and he was very good in those games. But it wasn't always like that, and I think that's he he is still a very young player, so maybe he's just not developed that consistency yet. And this is really his I'm pretty sure this is his first real kind of yeah. run as a first team yeah. player in a first team. So. Um, he's maybe got that to do but with Griffiths not being fit all the time he doesn't really have the luxury of getting up to speed with it and, and kind of 
easing into being the first-choice striker. Griffiths also looks like he's trying everything far too mm. hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it was like he, he was kind of obviously upset about not get, about getting dropped from Scotland. But if Harley scored the goal in the last, mm. you know, if Harley scored the goal in the last six months, yeah, and yeah. Naismith was on form and Naismith scored in the game, I don't really get. Yeah, but you saw it with Griffiths at the Scotland game. He came on and he should have. There was a one chance he had where he should have played it out to the left and he shot because he was just desperate to. Goals, and anyway, he he's, he's too good a player for that to stop happening, and he'll, he'll come back in. But the the conservative was the shape of the team. Like they, they started, they played it a few times. They played the back three, but you're looking at it, and it was Tierney, um, Boyata, and Ayer. And Boyata's kind of look look more confident. He, look, he looks so much better than I've seen him in a while. It was after the World Cup's given mm-hmm. him a confidence boost yeah. and all that stuff. But Ayer, for a very good player, for a very talented player, was being kind of hung out to dry a bit by the team because he was the kind of spare man centre half who was being expected to step out. And the amount of times he got the ball on the right of that three, and he would kind of look, he would kind of stand up, look for a pass, they would all be shut out. He'd kind of take a couple of touches, he'd walk forward, he'd look for a pass, still nothing there. And then he'd be like in the other half and he'd be like, I don't want this, I don't want to be here. And then, because I mean, there's only one actually yeah. one other centre half on the park because Tierney's not a centre half. Yeah, oh, it's Ben, well, Benkovic was. Oh, Benkovic, yeah, oh, sorry, Benkovic yeah, yeah. was playing a match. Oh, uh, yeah, Tierney Tierney's playing wing back, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. you know, now you're right. Um, I was thinking of Scotland with that. Um, my Benkovic. And, uh, but yeah, there was a match. He got completely blocked out, and then he would, you know, try to just play a simple five yard pass to Brown, yeah. uh, who, who was excellent, actually. Um, yeah. Brown was the only Celtic player I thought, yeah, you had a really good game. And yeah, there's just there's just a kind of malaise about them. Forrest who'd been so good for so long, was quiet and jumping you know, playing right back after the down ten, which didn't help, but yeah, there's just a lot going on there where you're like mm, it's just it just looks very flat. Good. Uh any more for any more? Nope. Magic. Um well that's us we are that's us done for the Monday Tuesday show. Um <laughs> so uh We'll be heading off to record the, the Patreon, which is uh, do me a solid this week again. Uh, we are, as always, available on Twitter. You can contact us at terracepodcast at gmail.com. We've got the website of various articles and all the former podcasts. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, thanks very much, Andy. Have there anywhere else that people can see us? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I just think that we've got such a big list now. Yeah, we've got a big list, but yeah, we, well, that's, yeah. that's the limit of That's the limit yeah, of the okay. list. Good. Thanks for your time today, Andy. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Craig. You're welcome. Thank you, Graham. Sports Social Podcast Network.